This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Growing up as a first-generation American with Indian heritage, Rushi Roy has embodied her cultural duality into a skincare brand of Rani, combining her grandmother's Ayurvedic beauty secrets with clinically proven natural ingredients. This is the brand you'll want to know all about. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder, keen to learn and connect with fellow founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition and so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, who is also a fellow beauty brand founder with South Asian Heritage and a Forbes 30 under 30 alumni, which I'm especially excited about, it's Rushi Roy. Her brand Evrani celebrates the duality of her two cultures as an Indian American, bringing the essence of ancient Indian beauty rituals into everyday life. Growing up feeling conflicted with her own identity, Rushi has created Evrani with the mission of cultivating the mindset that our differences are what make us beautiful and it should be embraced. Everything from a clean, considered ingredients to her instantly recognisable, vibrant blue packaging speaks to the harmony between beauty and wellness. And it's one of the reasons why I'm so excited to go straight into it. So Rushi, thank you so much for being here and can't wait to hear more about the journey and building of Rani. Thank you so much for having me, Akash. This is such an honour. The honour is absolutely mine. And and, a question I ask all my guests at the beginning um, is, in a nutshell, can you explain to our audience... Who is Rushi Roy? Wow. Uh, the simplest questions are always the most always. profound, right? <laughs> well, so a little bit about me. I was born and raised in the Detroit area in Michigan. Uh, my parents are immigrants from India, specifically Kolkata, and uh, our entire extended family still lives there. So I grew up going back to India a few times a year, was very much enveloped in that culture while I was there, and then in Midwest suburbia, Michigan, uh, was very much in 
a different culture. Um, and so I think having that sort of lived experience is really what drove me to want to create my own beauty brand because I never really felt like I fit into either. Um, I sort of lacked that just sense of belonging in one community where I could feel completely whole, where I'm not just, you know, a, a part Indian, a part American, a part this, a part that. Um, and my whole life, I felt like I've been sort of toggling at various dualities, either with my identity or with my personality. Um, and so Avrani is sort of my creative expression into uh, owning who I am fully uh, as Rushi Roy, as an Indian American, as someone who's spiritual and cynical, someone who's ambitious, but also extremely sensitive, all these things that uh, I didn't quite feel like belong together and made me feel isolated and ostracized from my communities uh, are the very things that make Avrani so special. And so I'm excited to talk to you more about that. You know, it's quite odd for me because I feel like I'm talking to my doppelganger. Like, I feel like apart from the fact that, you know, I'm British Indian, you're American Indian, and then I have a hair care brand and Ayurvedic rituals and you have a skincare brand. Apart from that, we're pretty much the same. Yes. We're both Forbes. We're I both know, our, I know. You know, that duality. So this is going to be really, really fun. I'm really excited. Um, so I, I kind of want to um, talk a bit about, before we get into the brand and, and how Avrani came to be, a bit before that in your journey, um, you've had an incredible career. You know, you worked at Goldman Sachs and in finance and in other companies and can you tell us a bit more about how you shifted from finance into beauty and also why you even got into finance in the first place yeah yeah so um a little bit more about me um just so to set the context um I never quite felt like I knew exactly what I wanted to do with my life um and in the community that I was around in Michigan especially in the Bengali community where um, it was beautiful. We were able to celebrate Durga Puja, Sharshati Puja, all the things that sort of honored our, our culture and our heritage. But I never felt like I belonged with those other second generation kids because I was not very good at science. I was not acing my math test. I was, I was skipping school a lot. I was getting in trouble a lot. I was playing pranks. Uh, and so even my parents were like, okay, she's, she's not going to be a doctor. She's not going to be an engineer. Like I've kind of given up and it sort of gave me the freedom to be like, okay, what can I be good at? And so out of all the things that my parents could still be proud of me for, if I cross off, uh, all the STEM fields, what was left is, is finance. I knew that they respected people in business. And so I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Maybe, maybe I'll be good at that thing. Um, and at the same time, I, I always knew that I was very enterprising and entrepreneurial. One day I thought I would have my own business far off into the future. Uh, I didn't know what that business would look like. So in the meantime, working in finance would, in my head, give me the foundation of skills to be perfectly equipped to start my company one day. And so that was really the motivation behind pursuing finance. I even discovered that as a major and a concept while I was at Indiana University in the undergrad and moved to New York uh, after I graduated and worked in investment banking and then private equity uh, for six years. And every year I was there, I was like increasingly sure that this was not where I was meant to be. Um, I didn't feel like I was playing the right game, if that makes sense. Everyone around me seemed to either have uh, a very clear motivation for wanting to work in the industry, 
or a very clear trajectory uh, within the industry, all these things that I felt like I was lacking in. And I was like, my talents are not being used in the right way. I, I feel like a little misaligned. So what's the most risk averse thing I, I can do is go to business school to figure that out. Again, thinking, yes. you know, with my parents in the back of my mind, like, I can't just quit my job and figure it no. out, right? There's no such thing as a, a gap here in an Indian no. family. Um, so I went to, uh, I went to business school and as luck would have it, I met my now co-founder, Justin Silver on the second day of school. Uh, we were, we were talking and we didn't know that that was going to happen, but we were just talking about our experience prior to starting at school. And his most recent experience was helping to, uh, invest in and scale beauty brands. Mm -hmm. Uh, and most recently he was assigned to a Japanese inspired skincare brand as part of his portfolio. And he's telling me that founder story of her bringing these Japanese ingredients to the U.S. in this luxury format. And I'm just like, wait a second, there are all these Indian ingredients that I grew up using and making and combining um, for all, not just skincare, as, as you mentioned, hair care, body care, anything that's good for you, yes. right? Um, we learned how to address that and create that using ingredients from our kitchens. And so because the pursuit of beauty was so intertwined with the pursuit of wellness in India, I didn't really understand that that was beauty. Because in the U.S., beauty is like, you know, red lipstick, thick mascara, big blonde hair, like all the things I felt like I couldn't be a part of. And so I never felt so proud of my culture as I did in that conversation with Justin. And as we were talking about the logistics of it, um, I thought he, he was asking me, so you really can't just buy a turmeric mask every time you would just make it at home? And I'm like, yeah. Come to think of it, that there could be an easier way. And so that's what kicked off the Avrani journey uh, back in the fall of 2017. We got started and, and we never looked back. We transferred all our business school savings into a joint business account, took out student loans and went full steam ahead. Well, actually, no, just on that, I want to go a deep, bit deeper because a lot of people maybe have found their co-founder or wants to find a co-founder. Um, what did you kind of, you know, there was probably a day where you could have been like, cool, we both have these similar ideas, but cool, I'll go my way, you go your way. Why did you mm. decide to do it with him? And did you feel like a co-founding option was always your your path or did it, Chris, did it feel right? Yeah, I, I think that's an important question because I think people under overestimate how much control we have of, of these situations. Yeah. It's kind of like you have to be open to receiving opportunities and just kind of take the bet. And this was a bet that paid off and continues to pay off of where I just felt like in the current landscape of business and beauty, I cannot do this on my own, having literally zero experience. Now, I know the ingredients and how to combine them and all of that from my own lived experience of creating the products, but I don't know anything about supply chain, manufacturing, marketing, even I still feel like I'm learning uh, forever a student of yes. that. And so it was one of those things where it was like, I know that there are clear gaps that I have in my skill set, and I need a sense of support to help me you know, even just stay motivated through it. Like in the beginning, you're kind of not even sure if what you're making is real. And to have somebody that you can hold yourself accountable to, who can themselves hold themselves accountable, it, it was like a, a fit that I just knew was the right 
way to go at the time. Yeah, and I think you have to listen to, you know, yourself, but also those kind of skill sets that we lack or sometimes need to improve on. And I think it, you have to test, you have to vet, you've got to make sure you have a good vibe and that should be your friend. I mean, for me, with my sister, you know, obviously uh, siblings, often you don't really see sibling founded brands for a reason. And uh, <laughs> a, and I can imagine you have your own whole host oh, literally, of uh, learning. A trip. lot of learnings. Yeah. But, you know, it's been great because um, we are quite different and we have complementary skill sets. That's why I think it works really well, like any co-founder. That's the key. That's, it. That's the key. Exactly. And so because Justin is so different from me, not just even from a skill set, but from a personality yes. perspective, we're able to, you know, I'm very introverted. So he tells me, okay, you need to just bring the energy for this because we got to be on it for that, you know? And then for him, he can't sit still for more than 10 minutes straight. (laughs) So I'm able to, you know, help him in that regard. And we're a very good union. Oh, I love that. And and, and that's what you need, exactly. With your co-founder or co-founders, um, is that yin yang of experience of like, and obviously setting ground rules, right? I, I say to everyone, like, you know, above just vibe and good intention, like have that paperwork, have that kind of. Yes. Oh, and I, I, I'm sure you've experienced this even more heavily, yeah. but I didn't even realize um, how bad I was at communication yeah. before I started working with Justin because there were certain things I would just expect or take for granted. And then I would realize, wait, why am I frustrated? I've never overtly communicated Mm. that that's my expectation. How would he know that? And so when you're saying like set ground rules, like it's, it feels silly, but to, to type out like, what, what are we promising each other? Where do our boundaries begin and end? Right? Like these kind of things are I don't know. I feel like I'm growing up as a person as I'm being compelled to do these things it's, for the business. And, you know, and I would even extrapolate that to like, if anyone's listening, who's not looking at a co-founding route or is alone and as a founder, you know, have it that with your alter ego, right? You you talk to yourself when you have your own brand. We even probably do it with ourselves. Yes. I'm sure you, Rishi, sometimes even like <laughs> talk to yourself in business, like, is that a good idea? That's a good idea. And then you write the ground rules for yourself to say, do not change in three months time. You're sticking to this target. Yeah. You know? yes. <laughs> so it's, That's it's so the, I get, I came across a, a meme the other day that was like, if you see me talking to myself, don't interrupt me. I'm having a staff. <laughs> I mean, that meme and also like uh, the meme of like, I don't know, the Kim Kardashian, the Met Gala with like everyone saying, this is me in business, this is my alter ego in business. <laughs> so it's just so funny. But, you know. Everyone has a Everyone. Uh, and that that's, you know, as long as you can channel it, it's the best asset to have. So that's super important. Um, but I do want to now go a bit more into the birth of Avrani. So as you said, you know, with um, your co-founder, Dustin, you, you decided to partner together. But how did the name come around? Yeah. Um, so Justin had just two pieces of feedback for me. He said, you can you can come up with the name. He really gave me a lot of creative control, which was one of the sort of guidelines that we had set early on of like, you know what you're doing with these ingredients, you know what the products people need are. So I basically run everything that the customer sees and interacts with, and he runs on everything that the customer doesn't. Uh, And so in that vein, I, I took his advice on one part of the name of which he said, if it begins at the top of the alphabet, closer to the top of the alphabet, you're just more likely to be listed higher on alpha lists, more likely to get more attention in an investment memo deck, just various experiences he had had where he would spend a lot of time in the beginning 
assessing and then skim through the rest. And so we thought, why not? Let's just position ourselves to be on the top that of is every list. Okay. <laughs> it, I can do that with A. So we started with A and then I thought, okay, I can do you double one better a. with the double A because, because in Indian languages or Bengali, which is uh, my family's native language, uh, I can't read it unless it's written with mm. English alphabet. And so the double A is, you know, is, is a homage to the Indian languages when it's written that way. Um, and then I wanted to center the brand around the word Rani, which means queen. Uh, as you know, I, I felt like, especially in 2017, as the Me Too movement was just starting, um, there was this resurgence of ownership of feminism and just just the sense of power that me even thinking to myself, like, treat yourself like a queen. You are a queen, mm. kind of like affirmation mentality. So I always wanted people to see Ronnie and and know that, especially those who are of the heritage that we were inspired from. Uh, and so having the double A and the Ronnie, we had 26 options of the alphabet to pick the middle letter and we both went loved V. Uh, so that's how we came up with the Ronnie. Is, I mean, <laughs> kudos to Justin. I mean, that is some smart thinking, number one. But also I just love the... <laughs> The, the 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 Rani part, but but it also sounds like right, you know that Uber effect. It just sounds like a, a name that's right. So you've done a really good job. Yeah, you know, yeah. Rani. Thank you so it's, much. Yeah, no, we really wanted a, a word that we could own ourselves yeah. too, and that was simply for you know website oh, handle social thing, media. So there are a yeah. lot of yeah, 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 very very smart. And then so then. Starting, you had the name and then and I think you mentioned it a bit before, but about kind of, you know, the biggest kind of thing you need at the beginning is the funding, right? And then starting off on that journey. So what was the initial like year from manufacturing, production, uh, funding in a nutshell? What was it like um, for you both? Yeah, I almost feel like I blacked out during the first year. So I'm going to try to recollect as best I can. Uh, so we bootstrapped the business for the first year. And that means that was with our personal savings. And what we realized we could get was our first production order. That's as far as our savings would go. And that includes all the R&D and all the the packaging, the website, all the kind of stuff that um, we were kind of figuring out as we go. And so... Um, most of our savings went into that R&D and actual yeah. products. Everything else we sort of learned to do ourselves. So as an example, with uh, the website, it was a Shopify template that I watched a couple YouTube tutorials of how to put together, made that website. Uh, social media got the handles, literally just started Googling image, Google imaging ingredients. So like honey turmeric, neem, and and start writing facts about it. See what people resonate with. What are people curious about? Like everything was sort of started with a, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just going to start anyway kind of thing. And while you're in it for that year, it kind of feels like you're in a hamster wheel, but um, it's the consistency that I've realized is the most important thing. I mean, I, I used to go in finance very intense, like three, four all-nighters in a row and feel very proud of myself. That is not how you can operate as an entrepreneur. And it's all about consistency and just taking care of yourself so you can give your best back to the business. So I, I would say the first year was just really riddled with just lessons of okay, if you really want to do this, this is how it's got to be done, not this old way you did it. Oh, amazing. And I think that's very important for people to 
also remember i say this a lot of time on this podcast is it's a journey it's not you know it's not about the destination it's it's really about taking your time at your own pace but a lot can be done with just some you know youtube videos or just a little bit of your time investment you know it doesn't have to be all monetary and people think like oh you know Oh, I need money to make a website, but absolutely, like, you know, earn that website sometimes, you know, like you can do a lot with a, like a very clunky, you know, granola kind of website. You can still sell as long as it allows the the, 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 the payment, you know? So I think what you've done is that. Yeah. Then was, so I know, I know uh, I read some articles about how you raised from kind of first round funding, et cetera. So when, when did you end up going into, from bootstrapping to deciding, I'm sure it's when the business started to pick up and the, the demand's needing it, but when did you yeah. get into that? Yeah, so we launched the beta version of Avrani.com. So as far as our savings took us in that summer between business school, so June of 2018. Um, and we, we sort of made a, a pact with ourselves, like, okay, instead of doing a, a typical business school internship, we're going to stay in Philly and run this business and see how it does. We got a team of undergrad pen interns to help us out as well. Um, and set some benchmarks for ourselves of, okay, these are these are the benchmarks with which we will decide whether this is worth continuing to pursue. Because if it's not, we can come back, finish out our second year of business school, and just go back to what we did before. And so as that summer progressed, we not only surpassed our expectations, but neither of us necessarily expected us to just be so obsessed and passionate about what we were doing. Like, I had, I, I've worked like hundred hour weeks in the past for other people. And I never realized like, okay, if I can do that for someone else, I can definitely do that for myself. Like these, these little like learnings that I was like, wow, okay. I've never felt this way. And this is probably what it's supposed to feel like when you do what you love. Like those a lot more profound realizations were a lot more important to me than the benchmarks. And so I realized, okay, I, I've got to give this my all. We started fundraising that summer simultaneously because in order to get the next production order to meet demand, we yes. needed money. And so that started with the friends and family, friends and family round, which was really just us reaching out to our personal networks of where we've worked in the past, uh, our college networks, our, our business school networks, really just scrambling anything we could get. And we ended up raising 250000 that year. And that took us through... Um, mid 2019 up until we graduated basically. Uh, and so when we graduated in 2019 and moved back to New York, we, we got a little office set up. We were about to hire our first full-time person. That's when we needed money again. And so that's what kicked off a, a year long journey of raising our first pre-seed round at about 1.75 million. Um, and that was just like, I a mean, lot of work. A complete rock to yeah. my core. Yes. I, I mean, like, I can't even tell you, like, nearly a thousand individual conversations, yeah. probably. And we were meeting with anybody and their mother, <laughs> anyone who was willing to meet with us. We're like, let us tell you about what we're doing. But please. you know, in a way, regardless of, you know, you end up with the one break or the two companies or whatever you do. You've also got to market your brand to a thousand different people, right? Oh my it's, gosh. It's exactly. So by the way, at that whole year, we're doing that. It's like, I've also got to prove that this business is growing so that these people I'm pitching to have something to exactly. invest in. Right. And that was 
I mean, such a challenge and it really strengthened my partnership with Justin even more because he really took on operating that business. That's when we sort of decided he would run with the more COO position. Um, While I sort of spearhead the new crafting of the brand, which was happening simultaneously. And we were both trying to raise this money to to grow. Amazing. And you know, I, I do want to go also into maybe if you can just explain a bit about the products, what you guys offer in and a bit about the South yeah. Asian heritage, because for me, um, that's obviously so important. And uh, I'm really just happy and proud to see. Um, I mean, I came later than you to the game with my brand because I launched in the pandemic. And to see you championing South Asian heritage um, is just is the reason why I do what I do as well. So thank you so much. But of course, no. And and likewise, I feel the same inspiration from you. When I saw your brand, I was just like, yes, this is it. We are so cool. I can't exactly. wait until everybody else catches oh. up, you know? Um, yeah, so um, the, the inspiration really came from the experiences I had in India with my grandmothers at home in Michigan with my mom. Um, we would make turmeric masks all the time, whether it was for a special occasion coming up. It was like, it was a part of our beauty routine, the way people go get their makeup done, perhaps. We would do uh, coconut oil hair mask and turmeric on yep. our faces and almond oil on our bodies. It was like this whole whole thing. And so what I wanted to do was harness those super powerful ingredients in a way that fits the modern lifestyle. So day to day, especially as I was in finance, I, I couldn't source all the ingredients, put it all together. It was like the last thing I wanted to do. And so I thought, okay, how can I do that in a way that's accessible and then also shareable with not just Indians, but the world? Because these are ingredients that everybody should know about and can benefit from. And so the first four products that we have out uh, is a complete skincare ritual. It's an exfoliator, a toner, a moisturizer, and an eye cream. And that's based on the very minimal framework of a start-to-finish skincare routine. And so using that framework, I then infused each of the products with Indian inspired ingredients to elevate the efficacy. So for the toner, for example, that's powered by tea tree oil, chamomile flowers, and cucumber extracts, and has no alcohol in it. And it does an amazing job of soothing redness, irritation, and firming the skin. And we've had amazing reviews of people saying, I've never been able to use a toner before. I have rosacea or sensitive skin and whatever it is. And we've been able to really offer a solution uh, that not just makes them feel beautiful, but really gives them confidence, which ultimately is is my goal. And so it's really cool to be able to lean into these ingredients that if anything, like I would never have felt cool about knowing about turmeric and like the messiness, the stickiness. Like I used to get made fun of for the turmeric on my fingernails. It was, and it it kind of was a mix between like tradition and like sometimes you'll be like coming out from a holiday and they'll be like, "Cool, go in the bath and we're gonna completely like turmeric you up," and you'll be like, "All right, (laughs) yes." (laughs) But yeah, exactly. And and to when you're already like not aspirational as a culture yet, yet um, 
you don't want to bring up bring these things that could ha- potentially have that negative effect. So when I saw the way people would react to my fingernails, I'm like, well, I'm not going to now tell you to put this yeah, all over your exactly. face. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's, it's Avrani is just such a beautiful way to come full circle where it's like, I'm taking those same ingredients that once made me feel like othered yes. in a way and actually drawing more people together and building a bigger community off of it than what I already exists. And, and I also love This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Of the fact that, you know, you have formulated and I've seen it with your website, your reviews, your customers, it's not just Indian people. And, you know, similar with Fable and Maine is, you know, there is a, some, especially with skin, I would say even more so, um, you know, with skin colors and skin types, you know, with turmeric, it does often associate very closely with people with melanated skin because it gives you that glow with that yellow hue. Mm-hmm. But you've actually created formulas that are suitable for everyone, correct? Yes, yes, that's right. And so the the turmeric mask doesn't stain. We have the trade Amazing. secret on that formula, um, specifically because of that reason. We wanted to be able to to share the story and the heritage in a way that people can really interact with. Amazing. I mean, and, and that's why I think people um, today are, are able to now really enjoy the incredible Ayurvedic ingredients we've grown up with, because people like you, you know, trailblazers in the beauty industry, have disrupted a very like. Ayurvedic ancient adaptogen and made it so much more, um, I guess you could say versatile for the whole world to enjoy, because why shouldn't the world enjoy these incredible ingredients we were fortunate enough to grow up with? And they really do do so much wonders that, um, you know, that's why they've been passed down by generations over generations, you know, and that's actually the best for me. Like, yes, you can do clinical trials, you can do testing, you can do all this stuff, which you have to do when you create products, especially in America with regulations. But for me, I said the best test is my grandma saying it's good for me because, you know. I agree. I agree. 
it wouldn't it simply wouldn't exactly. be passed down otherwise it would have exactly. stopped exactly <laughs> and you know how indian you know her grandparents are like you know parents are they're very picky what they put on their face and skin so exactly very, very critical. critical so they wouldn't be <laughs> exactly. recommending so otherwise. i mean so you know the last <laughs> year i would say even though you're a very new brand um you know you did launch a bit before the pandemic and now the pandemic hit what has that been like for the business and for you personally as a you know as as a founder of a brand yeah i mean it's it's been very interesting it's been a wild ride i would say that no no time period through this whole founder journey has been the same. I don't know about you, but it just feels like every time you think you've sort of figured it out, there's a yeah. new challenge or a new, a new mountain to climb. And so I would characterize the pandemic as, as one of those. Um, we, we were gearing up to release our new branding, which is what you see on Avrani.com today, um, that spring of 2020. So right before... Uh, or right after the pandemic actually became a global phenomenon. Uh, so, of course, our entire supply chain yeah. came to a halt. Like, just it, it shook us to our core. And it really made me take a step back and be even more introspective about the brand that I wanted to create. Because as I sort of realized a couple of years into the business, like, this space is very competitive. <laughs> And so having products that do what you say they're going to do at this point has become yeah. table stakes. Like that's, that's a given. So what is the thing that is going to make your brand magic and pop and have that sense of community and loyalty around it? It, it has to be so authentic and so unique. Um, and the only way to really do that is to really pour yeah. myself into it. Uh, and so the pandemic really like, gave me that space you know suddenly we're all working from home all odd hours like it gave me that time to think back like okay what would the child in me really want why am I really doing this what is my bigger mission it can't be just selling product like it has to be something more meaningful and so I sort of discovered that as I refined the look and feel of the brand throughout um, that summer of 2020 before we we launched this brand last fall and, and it's I love the color I think um I mean actually I would love to just ask you like what does the blue represent for you like that bright very just mesmerizing blue yeah so t I mean it's my favorite color uh the electric blue and it is so because it harbors the same tension and duality that I feel internally. It's bright, it's energetic, it has that sense of optimism and possibility, but at the same time, it's it's still blue. It has that cool tone, that calm, that grounding effect that gives me a sense of belonging. And so I thought, okay, if that is really the crux of my brand, then I've got to have the color, the grounding color be something that embodies those feelings simultaneously. So that's how I came up with it. Well, it's a beautiful shade, beautiful color. And I actually haven't really seen anything like it. So thank me, you. Um, yeah. <laughs> But um, blue is also one of my favorite colors too. So personally, that's why I like. I'd it. love to send you. I'd love. To we'll, we'll, send do you some we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. I can't believe we haven't done it yet already. But we'll, yeah. we'll do a because we were only recently connected, guys. I know, it's this so is crazy. Overdue. But we're, we're gonna. I'm gonna send you Fable May. This we have Rani, and we're just gonna like. We're, I'm sure we have many more conversations to yes, come because um, you know I can't believe we haven't uh, connected before, which is crazy. But this is why the beauty of the 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 podcast or even like the, the now virtual pandemic, everything is we can 
we can actually, I think people are a lot more open. I say it in the podcast a lot about collaboration over competition, but I mean, uh, you're also, we're, we're young, you know, founders in the sense that we've just come into the industry. And um, I think more than ever, I'm noticing people are just really willing to learn and from each other and help each other. And the pandemic has probably accelerated mm-hmm. that. Um, and now the idea 100%. of like actually virtual coffees virtual meetings are absolutely fine you know actually that's even better sometimes than meeting someone downtown go from east to west side in new york and then spend more time traveling than in the actual meeting you know i'd rather save those that one hour yeah. of traveling to actually speak for another hour on a zoom so i really commend you for that belief of the collaboration over competition i feel that very deeply too and i think that sometimes when you're really in it you you can forget that collaboration is always better. And for me, in the beginning, it was very much like anyone doing anything Indian. It, it felt like a, th- yeah, a personal attack. Yeah, like yeah. A I'm like, no, not, not don't like I'm but I'm doing it. And so and then as I started um, being like actually doing it, I realized like, in order for holistic beauty, Indian beauty, South Asian beauty, whatever you want to call it to become its own category, there's got to be so many of us. Exactly. Like making noise and building community. Because if you think about even the K-beauty movement, Korean-inspired beauty, at least the way I saw it here in the U.S., where there's now entire sections exactly. of K-beauty at global yeah. retailers, that there needed to be, you know, 50, 100 Korean brands to, to bust out and draw that attention, right? And that's exactly how I see this category forming. So I just wanted to say I really appreciate 100%. that you feel that way as well. No, I, I, and I, and I also appreciate the fact that, you know, hundred percent with like eye beauty, I, I call it eye beauty, but yeah, Indian beauty. Like, I think we definitely need to have more representation. So the more brands that pop up every, which is now, I'm sure you, you will relate when I say this is that there's a lot more South Asian heritage, Indian inspired brands coming up, especially this yep. year. I'm seeing a lot more come in the market and I'm really proud of my, my, my friends and, and people I see doing it. Um, of course, um, you know, we're not, not, not to be naive, like there's, there is a certain sense of, um, when I say competition, I would say there's always going to be a sense of there's probably one space on the Sephora shelf for a South Asian current, just the way it stands, right? Or there's one space here for that. And, you know, like as any race or any, any kind of thing in the world, um, you know, someone's going to choose one brand, they might not spend on two. There is a sense of competition. But I do think that we as South Asians have to really accelerate together and come together because we're still so far behind. And yeah. It's sad because I'm like, why is our heritage, our incredible country and ingredients not being represented? And you know, for hair, for me, for hair, it was like, I was going into all these retail stores. And I was like, okay, there's Moroccan oil, there's this and that. Where the hell is this like Indian? And it's a, well, I think we're people. known for too. All around the people yeah. use the hair for wigs all around world and somehow the product isn't thank you yeah Yeah. exactly and and same with skin and same with skin because for me like you know from especially turmeric we're seeing everywhere in the world uh yet people wouldn't be comfortable making a turmeric mask at home but it's like but why not you put it in your in your starbucks (laughs) you put it in your um in your in your in your face so but I, i actually think what you've done is actually super smart because You've also, you ha- you've gone a little bit a step forward because the reason why I don't make turmeric at home every day is because I, I can, it can stain me. It can get a bit messy and, you know, I get worried if I'm always on the go to create something that's just accessible, looks good, feels good, sits in my beauty cabinet. You've made it, um, 
make me want to do it a lot more because I don't have my grandma yeah, anymore and my grandparents yeah. have passed away and they, they don't do that for me. So I haven't done a, a, a holy mask in a long time. And, and I like the fact that you've created products that allow us to do it, but also the yeah. world to do Oh, it. So thank you. I really appreciate that. Going kind of now the future of Avrani, um, where do you see, you know, what, what you can disclose? Where do you see Avrani going? Um, hopefully post-pandemic too. Uh, what's your plans? Yeah, so I, I mean, I really want to build out this suite of holistic beauty. I want people to understand that the gap between beauty and wellness is a lot smaller than we think it is, especially in the West. Uh, and so it's not just about coming out with new and specific body or, or skin treatments. It's, it's about changing the approach and people's mindset around what beauty is. That if I go exercise for 20 minutes, that's a part of my beauty routine. You know, if I go meditate for a little bit, that's a part of my beauty routine. Choosing to eat a little bit healthier that's in in light of my beauty routine, right? And these sorts of connections are what I think there needs to be a lot more education and just content around uh, so that people can also open themselves up to the paradigm, not just the products and physical components. Uh, similar to how yoga has transpired, I mean, in many ways, yes. um, that's an ancient Indian practice that has people have internalized as just good for the soul and good for everyone. And I'd love for beauty to be thought of that way one day. Um, it's going to happen. And I, I love the fact that you said that. <laughs> I agree. It, it, it's, it's, it's so important, but I, I think it's getting there. I think, I think I'm really seeing this movement. Um, and, and I think it, it, it is, again, it's about just staying consistent to your mission and know your why and, and your purpose. Um, but it is, I'm sure, isn't it a bit odd? Like, uh, I mean, I did engineering, you did finance. It's kind of crazy how those, we didn't appreciate it growing up, right? Like we didn't appreciate in the sense that we didn't appreciate the power of what we could be doing, but we actually are passing on this torch that our grandparents have given us in a very different way. And um, it's it's crazy. It's It's a beautiful thing that... That's that's a lot more meaningful to me, I think, than if you were still an engineer and I was in finance. Hundred <laughs> percent, me too. And obviously, any engineers out there, finance people, there's a place for them. There's a place in the market yes. too. But I think if you can disrupt or bring something to the world, and you do it at the right time for you, because a lot of my friends, they all look at me. They're all low in corporate jobs, and I was once in a corporate job for five years, and 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 so were you. And I think, um, you know, they all say oh, I would love to have my own brand. But then they say, I don't know what yet. I said, good, don't rush it. You know, it will come. You could do it now. You can do it in 30 years time. It doesn't matter, but do it when you have a real reason and a purpose. Don't just do it because you're fed up with the job or you want to earn some more money totally. or whatever. Like okay. That's what it wouldn't work. It won't yeah. work. But, um, so, you know, I, I do, I do now want to go a little bit into you as Rishi Roy, um, and kind of ask you kind of, what are your rituals for success in your personal life that keeps you motivated and just um yeah hungry to wake up every day to, to seize the day how do you do it how do I do it still figuring that out um I would say I'm, <laughs> I'm very much on the journey so take take these things with a grain of salt um I think the one of the best things I've done for myself um in terms of of, of resetting my mind is sort of um changing my mindset around like what I'm supposed to be doing and how much success I'm supposed mm -hmm. to have had and what the growth expectations are versus reality. Like 
I get very hard on myself and caught up in if things turned out to be in a way different from what was expected. And I'm saying that not necessarily in like, it was always a bad thing, but there were good things that were not expected. But just because it was change, it made me very uncomfortable. And I think I've sort of detach myself now from Rushi as a person from the success of the business. And that the success of the business is no longer an indication of my self-esteem or value or, or worthiness. Uh, And that took a long time. Um, I would say therapy definitely helped. And by therapy, I mean, just talking to someone it's, you can do therapy just through journaling as well. Um, I, I started reading this book actually over the summer. It's amazing. I highly recommend for you too. It's called The, the Artist's cool. Way. I actually have it here with me. I'll show it to you. It's, it's like a course book. Um, it's called The Artist's Way. Is it by Julia Cameron? Yes! You know this book? No, 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 no. I just Googled it. Oh my gosh, it. Akash, you would love it. it <laughs> but, but I'm going to buy it. it. it it's I'm fantastic. Buy it. it really, it, it, oh, wow. it, it separates the sort of like, lived sort of competitive reality that we're in all the time and separates us into a, okay, let's touch back in with ourselves. What do we really want? Where's our creative energy coming from and how to sort of block that voice in our heads. I'm sure you have it too. That's like, this isn't good enough. This will never work. You, You are not good enough for this. All those kinds of things, which I've sort of realized are the biggest enemy. You are your biggest yeah. enemy. Nobody else cares enough to think about you that deeply or negatively. It's all in your own head. So the more that you can sort of practice that resilience of bouncing back to a positive mindset of letting things go, easier said than done, but um, that's the best investment in yourself. Um, and so when I, oh, I when that. I sort of started to, to stop thinking, okay, I'll work for three more hours tonight. It's like, no, let me just go for a run and read a little bit. That's so much better for me. Uh, it's really, I think it's important to like also grow as you grow, because I think a lot of the times I'm, I'm sure you're similar to me in that sense. That's why, you know, we're doppelgangers <laughs> 30 and stuff, you know, we're doppelgangers and like, I'm sure I don't know if you would relate to this, but like, you know, I, I would say like, I mean, what you say, I would even say to many people, but then I wouldn't necessarily believe it or do it half the time. I kind of go back to my old ways. I'm like, what's next? What's next? And I think it's this constant journey of like, I've always wanted things. Like I remember I always wanted Forbes at 30. Then I got it. Yeah. What did and that it's do? Like, okay. Yes. Does that really make you happy? What's next? So yeah, it's very interesting how, how, how our mindsets are our worst enemy, but our biggest asset too. And I think what you said is super important is normalizing therapy and talking to someone I think is so important. Um, So yeah, that's something I would definitely encourage everyone. Yeah, and let me know what you think of it. I'm going to definitely check that out. There's some homework assignments and stuff, but in a good way of like sort of tapping into your inner child, tapping into your creative subconscious. It's beautiful. Amazing. I'm definitely going to check that out. And then do you have like a kind of like a routine like you do in your day that, for example, like, because I always love to know this, like, you know, what time do you normally wake up? Do you work out every day? My average day. What's your like um, average day like? So, no, I don't work out every day. Um, I would, I'd say I'd get up between seven and nine most days. Um, And I, I, I actually recently started to batch my calendar so that my 
meetings and sort of external interactions are all sort of stacks of so Tuesdays and Thursdays is when I do that. So stuff like this, I'll try to, to batch that way. And then Mondays and Wednesdays oh, nice. is my focus in work where I'm actually producing, like creating things. And so even just by isolating those two things, it seems so simple it's it's done wonders for my productivity because I'm not bouncing in between meetings and then, oh, I have a half hour break. I can come up with the tagline. It's like, that's not how this works. Um, so so batching has really helped. And yeah. then um, journaling, truly. Like you'll see from the artist's way, there's a, one of the assignments are called morning pages where it's stream of consciousness writing for minimum three pages. Literally, if you can't think of what to write, you just write, I can't think of what to write right now. You want to just let it all flow. And um, mm. you'll sort of realize that there's there's a lot that gets sort of clogged in our minds unless we just sort of let it flow out from us. And writing things down is a w- wonderful way to let go of a lot of things um, that can that can fester. So the, both those changes have done wonders for my for my schedule. <laughs> I mean, that's why I love asking this question because I mean, those are going to be nuggets for gold for a lot of people, but for me as well. I mean, batching. I mean, I've heard this, but I haven't really heard it. And I haven't heard it in this terminology. It's just actually so genius. Like what you just said is exactly what I do the opposite of. Like I literally spend the half yeah. an hour after this. I'll have like a half an hour gap and I'll have to do like four projects. Yes. And then I'll do another another thing. And I'm like, oh no, I should just have like meetings yes. every day where I'm on my laptop. And then a day where no meetings. And then you and can bring like your work, best you know? self to those things. Because I also find, and it comes exactly. out in my interactions and my team has given me this feedback candidly of like, Rushi, when I'm talking to you and you're stressed, it's like, I'm not really talking to you because my mind is like elsewhere. And I'm Target just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what you need to say. That's not. <laughs> and, and, and then, and then your email and then you've hung up the call and then you'll email after. Yeah, like, like, can you just tell me again say? what you said? Like, can I just, I, I, I just want to double check. I don't know if I really want to, I want to just have one more and look that's over really it. because you weren't listening and you just need to <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Your mind was somewhere else, so I completely understand. This is literally the story of um, <laughs> of, of, of founders. This is literally what we do, but but you know that mayhem is sometimes important to upkeep as well because that's where like we can get to be very um just get a lot, lot of stuff done. Sometimes 100%. that messiness is important, and and just being comfortable with the day. messiness because I think if if you're hard exactly. on yourself over that stuff, you're just amplifying your own suffering from it. You know. So true. Oh, I couldn't say it better myself. So, I mean, we're, we're going to go to some fire round questions, but um, the, before I get there, there's a question I ask everyone and it's going to be um, an interesting one because I think you have an amazing array of products, but I would love to know, so if travel's opening up and TSA is being a bit more difficult than usual and they're saying, Rushi, you can travel, but you can only bring one Avrani <laughs> product with you. What is your one Avrani go-to that you will take? Um, uh, that's hard between the serum and the mask, but I would have to say the mask, the turmeric mask. It's our uh, glow activating exfoliator, mostly because it's just so multi-purpose. So times when I don't want to use it as a full face mask, I'll just dab it on acne or blemishes that I feel like are coming or that I want to remove the scar from if it's completed. Um, I like to use it as a, a T-zone around my blackheads where I'll just use it as a scrub. It's just there's a there's a purpose for it every single day. So I've got to go with that one. 
Oh, amazing. I mean, it sounds amazing. And, and I think the fact I, that... I've got to send it to you ASAP. <laughs> I, 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 I literally was like about to... Well, I, I will buy as well, but if I would also accept if you want to send some... Oh, I'll no, no, please. Just but I want to support as well. Yeah. But oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So fire on questions. So first sure. thing that comes to your mind. Um, the first question is, what's another beauty brand or wellness brand that you're currently loving? Um, I love Mented Cosmetics right now, and I've mm. always loved them. They, I, I met the founders um, a few years ago when we did a panel together, KJ and Amanda. It's, it's just KJ now. Um, but they created basically nude lipsticks and nail polishes in the beginning for women of color. And by nude, it's like nude in relation to our more pigmented tone. So as an example, like the nudes for uh, Caucasian women as it relates to lipstick are soft pinks, um, Mm -hmm. basically elevating their natural lip color. But on someone with more pigmented skin, it looks very silly, that nude shade. And so I thought it, it, it was just such a beautiful way to be proud of what we look like and our skin color like so proud that now we want to elevate it even more it just got me so inspired and I never forgot that feeling I still use their products today oh I love that and I think now I want to get them on the podcast (laughs) yes it's KJ right KJ McConnell yeah KJ McConnell amazing um what's a guilty pleasure of yours Uh, I have the worst sweet tooth I have a really bad sweet tooth and I'm that person who like needs something sweet after every meal (laughs) um so I would have to say Ben and Jerry's mint thick is my biggest guilty pleasure i you know what i'm gonna have to start doing i just realized because i've been doing a lot of these podcasts and everyone says sugar and sweet and i'm like okay i think that is now a very common guilty pleasure but i'm like no i think i want to go deeper and so i'm gonna actually you're gonna start what's another guilty pleasure that's not sweet because i'm curious um trash tv probably yeah that's a good one that's good one. <laughs> <laughs> um or just like I mean, nowadays, with I've gotten much better with it with Instagram, but I'll get sucked into the vortex. Oh, that yeah, that's also a very and, guilty pleasure. Take and and then I'm just like Ooh. I while I'm doing it, I'm just like I know this is bad for me. I know that I'm gonna regret not the dopamine is coming thing. in. I understand, <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. We're here. <laughs> as long as you're doing it consciously, I convince yeah. myself then it's okay. And as long <laughs> as the algorithm sad. has got to has got to show you kind of also cons- like you know constructive and good content, exactly. That's also good. It's like market sometimes research. I learn. You know, I learned this thing about avocados the other day, and I was like, "This is actually very useful." So thank you. There you go. It's work. It's, you're doing. Work. It's working exactly. Exactly. Um, what are you? currently I mean you said it already with reading but what are you currently watching or reading now um watching now so I'm reading The Artist's Way among um a couple other books I'm reading The The Body and Soul by Anita Roddick she Mm -hmm. was the uh founder of The Body Shop oh yeah yeah, and it was based out of Europe initially so I'm sure you're yeah Uh, it's a beautiful book it just has her her candid free-flowing thoughts about the whole empire as she created it um, and then TV right now, I am loving Nine Perfect Strangers. Have you seen that yet? I haven't. Is it good? Oh my God, it's to die for. It's on Hulu. It's so okay. Good. I'm going to add that to my. You've given me some good suggestions <laughs> to add to my list. Um, and the artist way is already going to check out right now. So I love that. Um, oh, amazing. <laughs> what's your favorite social media platform? Instagram, hands down, Instagram. 
Yeah, it's, I'm a very visual person. I didn't even download TikTok for because I I don't have the capacity in my day for another distraction. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really all Instagram now. And last question is: If you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, what would you be doing right now? I don't know exactly what I'd be doing, but it'd be something creative. Like I I need to have an outlet for creative expression. So whether that's in fashion or painting or, or something like that, I, I, it would be in that field. Amazing. I mean, Rushi, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, where, where can everyone find you and Avrani on socials, your website? Yeah, you can find us at Avrani, A-A-V-R-A-N-I um, is our handle on social at across TikTok, Instagram and Facebook, Avrani.com. You can see all our products we have a few new ones coming out soon so you can check those out and um you can find me at rushi roy is is my handle and all the links will be hyperlinked in the summary so you guys can quickly go check them out and give rushi and avrani a follow and check out the most beautiful products on avrani.com but um just want to say rushi i'm well i am personally so happy because i found my doppelganger and b uh, i just can't (laughs) wait to connect and um just you know see more of how avrani was going to grow into this incredible brand that it already is but i know it's going to be even bigger and i can't wait for it so thank you for being here thank you so much akash i i'd love to stay in touch with you next time you're in new york i'd love to love to meet you oh now they're opening it up so i'll be there very soon and we'll <laughs> amazing <catch up. laughs> perfect thank you hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network to be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 